Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We're your hosts, Harold Thornbrough and Rachel Jamison. I'm glad you're joining us today. And today we're going to talk about, what are we talking about? We're talking about 21 useful backyard build projects for your homestead. And I think it's going to be pretty fun because I've always got all these ideas of all these things. Some of these things I have built, some of these things I want to build. Maybe a couple of these things I haven't been on my radar, but they're on yours to build. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to be fun to talk about, but, um, before we get into that, what's been going on in your homestead, Rachel? Well, I have been pretty busy on the homestead this week. I've been, um, ordering asparagus crowns. I ordered more seeds, which I probably didn't need. And, um, I tried my hand at some indoor plant propagation. So not even like anything you can eat or use medicinally. I just like it. And it's called money tree. Don't even know what that is. Raid themselves around each other as it grows, and so I'm trying to propagate that from a friend's cuttings, and um, and I started reading Capus Agroforestry by Mark Krawczyk. I probably pronounced that wrong, but yeah, I don't know how to pronounce Krawczyk or um, something like that. That is a very thick book. Like, yeah, it's thick, and I'm really excited to to read that. So. I started that and um so that that has been my week and I'm really excited to get the asparagus crowns but um shouldn't be where, planting it. Where'd you order those from? I actually okay, so I took this risk. Oh, I might have to put it in the show notes because I can't okay, remember. I fine. took a risk and I Googled <laughs> somewhere in Michigan. Um I wanted to have some that were more acclimated to our climate, and I found some in Michigan. But people had posted some good reviews about them, and I had never heard of this company, and it's basically the only thing they sell. Wow. Well, that's how you selling, find good companies. So Yeah, and they were selling two-year-old crowns, not one oh, year. Oh, wow. So, um, so we'll see, I guess. Um, yeah, keep us up on that. If they grow well, I will let you know. But I'm, I'm really excited. I think I, I ordered 100 crowns because I have – I'm going to put them in my plant or in my tree – Guilds and and yeah, stuff, so nice. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. We so love you're gonna put asparagus. That, love so you're putting that at the new property, the the twenty yeah. property. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, great. I might put some next to some fruit trees here. Uh, I don't really have a problem with putting anything here, as I'm kind of out of space. Right, it tends to happen on <laughs> urban homestead, especially for something that's permanent, like a spirit. Yeah, that just that's never how I moves. do. Yeah. You find room for the some things. Some things you avoid because you just don't have the room for them. And I've done that for years. There's just some things I don't I don't grow because they take up a lot of space and you look at the pr- production of it and how much it, room it takes and how long it might, might take to, to get it. And it's like, uh, you just kind of have to weigh, weigh uh, what you're growing and figure yeah. if it's right or not for your property. Yeah. So what did you do this week? I did the complete opposite of you. I, I did almost nothing. I, I tried to stay alive. Uh, I tried to keep animals alive while I was trying to stay alive. Uh, I had the flu really bad <laughs> and I'm not over it entirely yet. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you could join me today. I was thinking I might have to do this one alone. Yeah, I even had to like go a day late on posting the last podcast because I just could not. Um, yeah, I have had zero energy and not been feeling great. I uh, missed some work and yeah, not just I've been able to uh, take food and water to the animals and that's about it. 
Right. Even online, even getting on the computer or even checking email and things have been like, uh, I don't even want to do that. <laughs> well, normally Harold beats me to, um, cause I work during the weekend, he works weekends and normally Harold beats me to the topic, uh, notes and gets them going. And I kept looking in the notes and I'm like, man, there's <laughs> nothing going on in there. And so then I just started adding stuff and it was supposed to start as 12. And, um, I went over to my Pinterest page and found all the things I've been wanting to do or have done. And um, we ended up with 21. Yeah. And I think it's a really good list, too, because there was a few things on there. I hadn't even, I mean, there are things I've thought about in the past. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't think about that this time, you know, around. But there's some good stuff on there on the list. But uh, before we get into that, we started last week doing our little book recommendation. Because, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I like doing I like doing uh, a book recommendation. You know, while we have plenty of books, we thought we'd share them with you. Uh, what's your book this week? My book is actually a children's book. Hopefully people don't mind that, but I think we probably have a lot of parents in the in the uh podcast listeners. Um it is called The Paddle to the Sea by Holling Sea Holling. It was written like in the I believe it was in 1950s they were written. But um he wrote a whole series of these, but this one specifically is about the Great Lakes. It's about um, they call them First Nation peoples, but in the United States, we call them Native Americans. So First Nation people, a little boy carves a boat. And on the side of the boat, it says, put me back in the water. <laughs> and he waits for the snow to melt and the snow melts. And he, this little paddle to the sea, which is what he's called. This little boat floats all the way through the Great Lakes and out the St. Lawrence Seaway and makes it out into the ocean. And the story is about that. But but the book is actually like a whole geography book. I mean, you can make oh, a whole neat. curriculum out of this. And so the kids learn so much about geography and water. And it's just really cute. It was one of my kids' favorite ones. And it's so popular around here that we actually have a local group that wrote a song about it which i also linked in wow. the youtube a song called paddle to the sea and it's just it's just a really sweet book it was my kids one of my kids favorite books what, what age group do you think it's probably the best for um all ages because i would read it again <laughs> <laughs> okay what's well, too I young loved it. <laughs> yeah there's just tons of information it's hard yeah. for me to explain the amount of information that's in the book and you can make it as deep as you want and go down rabbit holes with studying about i don't you know ships and because it talks about the ships and the um sulaks which some people from where you're at may not know but you know the sulaks are um pretty big deal here and um so it talks about those and going through the sulaks and big ships and um but you know might have to check this out for my grandkids. I bet they'd enjoy. Oh, they like would that. love yeah. it. And he has several. He has another one about seabird. Another one about the tree and the trail. And their geography slash history slash. You know, you could study big ships and stuff. And there's tons mm -hmm. of drawings in it too. It's they're really good, and you can usually find them at the library. Nice, yeah. Yeah, and you can get them in audiobook and. We just had a blast with them. And then when you're homeschooling, you actually have, they make, there's a company that makes these huge mat, wall maps that the kids can learn to use maps. By wow, following. this is the whole thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. It's kind of a curriculum, but it's probably really yeah. geared toward um, probably eight to 12 year olds is probably. Okay. The, yeah. Yeah. But younger kids might enjoy it, but yeah. And okay, especially older kids like me. Well, you got the links in the show notes for that. So, yeah, folks, check that out. It sounds interesting. Yeah. I went the opposite of you. You went super kid-friendly, simple. I went, like, with the really in-depth and uh, complex, and but enjoyable. I like it. I chose Permaculture uh, Principles and Pathways Beyond Sustainability by David Holmgren. I, I really like this book, but it's deep. I have never read it. You've never read it. No. Are you serious? I thought you probably had read it. No. And it's David Holmgren's. I'm going to have to put that on my wish list. Yeah, it's his, uh, it's his book. That it basically, um, I think it, uh, when you're studying like the, the foundations of permaculture, you know, everybody thinks about Bill Mollison, but the co-founder is David Holmgren. Yeah. And, and they kind of worked together and did a lot of this, you know, this research. 
And then he wrote this book. So yeah, it's a really good book and it lays out the principles and it gets pretty deep and it's a good read. I mean, I like it. It's, it's good stuff. And um, yeah, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a kid's book. No, <laughs> it's no. pretty deep. It gets pretty deep, but I enjoy it. And it, and Maybe it really a young adult book though, if they're really interested yeah, in yeah, it. It takes yeah. you to that level of understanding and permaculture. That's, um, you know, about the principles, you know, and, and the, the why and the, you know, and, and that, so it's just, it's enjoyable if you're looking for that deeper understanding of permaculture. And, and I think it helps you take permaculture beyond the homestead and into more of a life principle, you know, and, and thinking about it in all aspects too. So I think it kind of really is, it's the beginning of that. So it's a good book. You notice the the cover on it showing you a picture of it in the video here, but you know, it's like, it looks like it's recyclable cardboard or something. It does. It it, does. uh, Yeah. I'm sure that's all on purpose, but yeah. Of course. Book. Of course. So, okay. Yeah. Link for that in the show notes as well. Uh, so onto our topic, 21 useful backyard build projects for your homestead. Um, I put the first one on here as a solar dehydrator. I've talked that's about cool. it for a few years now, building one. And I, I think I said yours recently, I think this is the year I'm going to build a solar dehydrator. I really want one. I have a couple of ways I dehydrate things. Of course, I have my electric dehydrator. Um, and then I have, a. I just got for Christmas this year, that one of those bags that hang and it's got like all these oh, compartments yeah, yeah. in it. And you can basically air dry things with that as well. And it has like the zipper for each compartment. You can just fill it up with your herbs or whatever and just let it hang and air dry. And it keeps the, you know, things away from it or whatever. And I like that. I think that's going to work great too. But I want to, you know, fast dry a lot of things, solar dehydrate things. And I think that would be a great way to do it. And I mean, I ran my D de- I dehydrated so much stuff this last year that my dehydrator was just running 24 seven for Same. like three months. And yeah. I thought I really need a big outside built solar dehydrator with trays in, I can just fill up and load up and, and save myself a lot of electricity and wear and tear on my dehydrator and just do a lot more in bulk, you know, and really keep it going. Yeah. I love this idea. I mean, we just got a letter in the mail, as many people are, that our electric's going up. So I really like the idea. Yeah. And you're going to you know, have to keep a, a document this for us. And well, there's some great plans out there. Yeah. And I, I put a couple of links in the show notes for some plans. There's one from Mother Earth News and, and one from uh, a college extension. And you can just check those out. And, and there's other plans too. There's a lot of different designs for solar dehydrators. Right. There's, there's some that are, that are the most common design. Um, that I think it's probably the one I'll go with that you see a lot of out there and they're, they're, they take up a lot of space. Don't get me wrong. They, they do. do take up a little bit of space, but, um, they just work really good. I mean, people swear by them and, um, how well they work and, uh, Hey, it's basically a free way of doing it. I mean, you don't have to, um, use electricity to, to dehydrate your, uh, your veggies and your meat. I mean, you put meat in them and anything else. I mean, people, I mean, they get really, really good and warm. So, I mean, they work really Jerky. good Yummy. from everything I've seen. Yeah. They work really good. So it's definitely something I, I want to build. You kind of took it to a, a for drying, but in a different area by putting something else on here. I put a drying rack for onion and garlic. And this mm-hmm. was kind of a selfish thing myself as well. Cause I've wanted to do this project. Um, and I found a couple of, different plans on how to do it. And so I think we're going to try to do that this year because one of my goals this last year, these last couple of years is been to grow more and more of my onions and garlic and build Mm -hmm. up, um, especially my garlic stash, just because you need the cloves to do that. And we just use lots of onion and garlic. So yeah. Is this yeah. um like the, the like the small squared fence where you just drop it through the holes? Is that what you're looking at or what's um, the design? One of to? these looks oh trying to open the one of them looks a lot like a almost like a rake. Okay. It's got like the long tines on it, but you hang oh. it on like your on your like barn wall or shed. You basically wall. it's like slide it. You slide it in. Slide yeah. Slide it in. Yeah. Okay. And the other yeah, one is more that. like you're like Almost like a laundry line where you would, where you slide them over top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like you would take the greens and split them, and it, they would hang. Yeah. So they're both pretty simple. The one looks like it might hold a little bit more, and I've also seen, which I I could find a link for. I've also seen where you can um, 
people use like a grid. Yeah, that's what I I do. I, well, I, the whole I don't have one specifically yeah. for that, but I have a, a fence area that's over the top of my graves. Is my uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, you've seen and it. I'll just drop it in those holes and I let it sit there right. and dry. But it's yeah. not, which is it's not ideal sometimes because if it's a rain, if it ends up raining, it's not covered. Um, yeah. So I really would be better if I have some kind of a rack system and I could bring it under my gazebo. Well, that's where it, yeah. Yeah, and hang it in there. Maybe something hanging up in Mine the Mine got that. rained on this year, and that's part yeah. of why it was. I, the reason I liked the one that had the long tines is you could make it longer. You could, If you put it in the right spot, you could put several of them up, but it also could serve another purpose for hanging things up yeah. when you're not using it. For, I and love dual-purpose things. Yeah, if you could get some uh, – uh, if you can stack functions with your equipment, yeah. that's – your builds, that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you could hang coats on it or, mm-hmm. you know, anything. So I like yeah. that idea. Which I suppose you could do with the next thing with a solar dehydrator. You could make a combo cold smoker solar dehydrator. Ooh, there <laughs> Feed you go. Some, you know, maybe be able to close off the solar front of it and – let this have it feed smoke into the back. Ooh, I just thought of a new design maybe by thinking Anything about that. Anything smoker I want. <laughs> I, I would like to have a cold smoker. I think it'd be fun build and build some kind or, of. Or what do you want a cold smoke? Everything. Okay. Uh, my quail meat, rabbit meat, okay. fish, uh, some so vegetables. You would rather cold smoke it than hot smoke it. Is yeah. It? I like think what I would, would be rather. the difference? Because I guess we've only it, ever hot smoked things like in our smoker. Yeah. I think it just. Uh, preserving i think it does okay. a better job i think um and then you can do things like salts and things like that as well mm, yeah. and um cold smoke them smoked and, salt is yeah amazing yeah so i would kind of like to which you know the thing is you'd basically have the the place where you would put the stuff and then you have a a fire away from it and you know a, it a flu of, or whatever kind of go to it yeah yeah so it has time to cool down before it gets to it a certain I've amount i've seen them but i've just never used yeah them. so there's some good designs out there i i post i think the link that i put in has several designs uh, in okay. it so i just I like pick one and i'm not sure exactly which one i would go with yet but i think i would like to um build one and i don't know if this might be the year i do that or not the solar dehydrators on the list for this year for sure cold smoker maybe another year or two who knows but it is on my list of something i'd like to add to the yeah. property eventually um the next thing i actually have um do you have one i need one so a bad. garden vegetable wash station i built one a few years ago now the one i built is not the way I would build it now, though, if I had built another one, I would definitely make Isn't a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely want a bigger one and that would be a little bit better for drying. It's great for washing, not so great for drying. This I, one that you put up is pretty cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, the thing is that I made mine, it's solid top. It's solid wood top. And I would want a like a hardware cloth top so you can set the, so the water yeah. can drip off of it um and it could dry and i didn't do that when i built mine so i might do some changing at some point on and build me a better one but yeah garden vegetable wash stations it's great to have because you're, you're dragging a lot of that stuff in your kitchen you know and you got all this yeah. dirt and all these yeah. you know, just everything plus you can keep the water out there too you can reuse the water like i just set five gallon bucket under mine i hook it to a hose i keep the five gallon bucket and then i reuse that water in my garden or, or I can even hook a hose yeah. to it and let the water run to my garden and rewater my garden. So I, it's like, yeah, I think this not, just moved up a little bit higher on my priority list. Yeah, now it, that you were talking a, about reusing the water, you're and keeping I'm the like, you're yeah, keeping your soil this. out there because you're washing it off of the right. Stuff and I spend a ton of money out. making my soil right. nice, and you're keeping the water out there and you're reusing your water. So it kind of serves a few purposes. Plus, it just keeps your kitchen clean and cleaner, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. So yes, it would be nice. I like having it. So I think it's. I think it's an important uh, little project to build, you know, in your property there. So, yeah, you got the next this, one. This next one, I think you and I both were going to, I don't know who put this one in. I put this you one, did. the link in here, but I think we both were considering this, the compost sifter. Mm-hmm. Um, this one I thought was really cool. And it's, you know, the link is through Mother Earth News and there's plans and everything. But I thought mm-hmm. it was cool how they had put um, rollers on it. And it's basically a sifter that goes over top of your wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. So you can sift your compost. You can get all those big parts out of it. It's a pretty cool design. And, I've seen um, a really cool one one time where they just hung it almost like a swing from a tree limb. And then they'd pull their, it was like hanging flat. You know, they tied ropes to it and they had it hanging from a tree. And then they would just basically roll their wheelbarrow up under it. 
And then okay. because it was hanging, they would just oh, nice. it back and forth like a swing. And it would, you know, they just take the shovel and dump some right. on it, shake it, you know, swing it back and forth over the wheelbarrow and let it, you know, sift it right. through that. And that, was, that worked out really well, too. Yeah. What so. we have now is basically a square with hardware cloth on it. And you mm-hmm. throw the shovel of stuff through it and that gets some of it. And then you have to shake it yourself. So it's a little bit of effort. It works. Yeah. This one looks like it'd just be a little bit more easy, a little bit easier to do, but it would take some um, building skills. So, yep. Well, the next one's something we both probably have a ton of on our property, but yeah. you can always have more. And it's a good project for anybody to build. I mean, if anybody doesn't have them, vertical growing is great. Yes. When you can go up, when you can't, especially when you ain't got no room to go out, is is awesome. So build some trellises. <laughs> you know, um, there's mm-hmm. a, all kinds of designs. I've I've got seven, eight different kinds of trellises, at least on my property. Of things yeah. I've what, what kind of things do you have in mind when you're thinking about trellises? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Well, I have, so at our house, we actually, I didn't put a link to the ones that we actually use because my husband kind of made them up. I should maybe put a picture in there, but um, he, we used the conduit, the metal conduit, and mm-hmm. he bent it. And that's what we use. And we, we put them over re-rod, which is for concrete that we pound into the ground and then we just slide the conduit over it. We call that rebar down and here. <laughs> the rebar. Yeah. And uh, did I say rewrite rebar? And um, so that's what we use, but I want to make some prettier ones because those they're very functional. They last forever. We've had yeah. them forever because they're, I think they're aluminum. They don't even rust. Um, but I wanted to build some out of, I love the old school like English gardens with using the sticks and stuff and tying mm-hmm. them together. I just love that look. So that's what I would like to do. The other thing I have done in the past when the kids were little is I've made like the teepees where you grow peas or yeah, we do that vines up it and the kids can sit under it. And um, the, the links have some of that in there. And I saw one too, where it was like a playhouse, not a teepee, but an actual like house structure that you can grow stuff up and the kids mm-hmm. can play in it. Yeah. Yeah. And um so there's there's some of those. That's what I I just there's so many different ideas on what oh. you can grow for make for yeah. trellises. I mean you can make rounded ones, you can make just TP ones. You can what's well, become pretty popular lately yeah. is the cattle panel. Uh even yes. cattle panel yes. trellises. And and you were talking about the uh the this not being real pretty, the kind your husband makes, you know, that they're durable, but they're not the most beautiful thing. Well, I seen what somebody did with those cattle panel ones was they took grapevines and ran around the edges of those and tied them on. So it looked like it was a lot of grapevine hoop, you know, basically okay. cattle panel. I guess you could probably do the same thing, something like that. Take some grapevines and tie it onto it, it and make it pretty. make it look a lot nicer, you know, using grapevines or something to tie it onto it. But yeah, cattle panels are huge these days. Just fences. I mean, I've you know, I have a fence uh, on my property and we just trellis up that a lot of times peas and things like that right on a fence. Um, yeah, I use, we actually use uh, a lattice on a couple of ones I made and I have a lattice and I grow uh, pole beans up those and it works really good, but you're right. Those teepees, I made uh, several of those teepees this year or this last year on, uh, for the beans and things and it worked really good. And they just look so cool i mean it just makes your garden look cool and when you when you're on a small piece of property it definitely makes that space last further but even if you're on a big piece of property i think they serve a purpose especially if maybe your soil isn't the greatest Mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of effort to make your soil nice so you make your garden smaller and if you go up you can do that so yeah, I'll be, I'll, we'll revisit trellis here in a few minutes when we get down to another thing you put on here. But uh, yeah, I'll, uh, till then, I guess we'll go to what might be kind of a big item for a lot of people is an outdoor kitchen. You put in an outdoor kitchen. You want an outdoor kitchen. <laughs> I do outdoor really kitchens bad. Are great. Really we, bad. We have a somewhat outdoor kitchen. We got our gazebo. Now, we didn't put like an actual stove out there. and But I do have my 
like we cover we have our grill there and then we have my actually my garden wash station is under the gazebo and i have it and i have actually you know the hose run into it permanently and i have the drain hose going out towards the garden and all that stuff so we kind of have some of those things set up but when you think about it you're you're going to take it to a whole nother level i think yeah well i mean and when i say outdoor kitchen i mean i've seen some outdoor kitchens that are outdoor kitchens I yeah mean, they literally have like household countertops refrigerators and, everything yeah, out there. yeah that's not really what i'm talking about although you could do that if you want to do that that's a really big expense mm-hmm. i'm talking um I'm talking about like just being able to cook outside a little bit more primitive with probably probably at our property with like being able to cook with wood and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I have seen in this link that I have, there's like um, somebody just took an, you know, a a kitchen stove top and added propane to the bottom of it. I mean, there's the sky's kind of, kind of the limit. I just wanted something with a roof over it. So if it was raining, I could still be yeah. out there. I could can out there instead of heating the house up. You know, I just this, like this that. one here might be a little bit of a cheat because we could actually put a whole bunch of different kinds of builds under outdoor kitchen or outdoor. You could, you could, yeah. you know, fireplace cooking. Cause we're talking about rocket stoves, yeah. solar ovens, um, pizza ovens. I mean, you could do all kinds of, different things in there you could actually build yeah. a whole different you know a whole bunch and of you could make stuff. it as crazy expensive and beautiful mm-hmm. or you could go really simple and total diy it yeah. so yeah. we built a i built a uh, rocket stove out of a barrel and uh a f- couple years ago and it works pretty well i mean you know i'll actually i've actually canned on it before <laughs> and nice. you know cooked on it several times and uh, it'll it'll do it i mean it gets pretty hot and um yeah, it worked. It works really nice, but uh, I have wanted to build a pizza oven. I've wanted a pizza and bread oven outside for a few years. It's something I've said. Oh, I That's think this year I'm going to do it, and I keep putting it off, putting list. it off. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of in that. Really. Yeah, it's in the it's in that same vein there of things that we we can talk about. Yeah, again, you put it on down the list in fire pits or whatever there, so we can look at it later. Um, but uh, yeah, all these things you can cook with outside. So just outdoor yeah. cooking space. But you're even considering like, like just a fireplace outside, right? I mean, just like a. Yeah. So I like, I, we like to sit around the wood stove and, or yeah. not the wood stove. We like to sit around the fire at, at our property, but we have issues with where the wind is coming from. So we're going to have to get creative so that it will stay going better and it's not blowing flames, which is a little yeah. bit dangerous when you're in the middle of the woods. <laughs> Yeah, so, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Plus so we were, we're probably going to make something a little different. But I also, even at our property here at our house, um, I just, we love to sit around the fire. It's one yeah. of our favorite things to do. And then there's, I had a couple of. Um, we're skipping all over the place. I just yeah, I was just going to say, I jumped all over the place. At. You jumped down to. I did to because they kind of went together. I kind of just jumped on down. Yeah. So there's a couple of them that you can make like concrete fire pits and. They just, they look really pretty, but mm-hmm. you could sit around them. You could put them in your backyard in town and yep. people would just think it was really, really cool. That's probably, we'll probably do something a little bit nicer here in town so we can sit around the fire here. Well, I'm sorry I missed you up there. Let's just no, go back okay. to where we're supposed to be then. And let's talk about growing stuff, uh, some infrastructure to grow stuff, which is greenhouse, mini tunnels. Uh, what, do you ta- what did you mean by pyramids there? Uh, you put pyramids. Because I've seen people make like, I don't know how to explain it, except for it's like, like, is it, do you call it a collage? Oh, over in Europe, they would make single little mini greenhouses. Cloche is what I've heard. I think, yeah. You, that you put over top of. Like the glass domes. Yeah. Like you can make them glass. I've seen people make them out of wood, like wood. And then they actually use greenhouse plastic. Okay. Put over certain plants to protect yeah. them or to give them more heat. Like if they're a heat loving plant, like maybe a hot pepper, um, you know, just those little things for your garden yeah. and you can make them look really pretty or they can be just totally functional. Yeah. And I, I tell you, I put up a greenhouse here a few years ago and I love it, you know, and, yeah. and I've, there's been years where I used it like crazy and years I used it less. 
but it's been helpful, you know. Yeah. Now, I helped a friend put up a cattle panel greenhouse a few years ago, too, and he just got tons. We made it out of cattle panels and pallet wood, and you know, and it yeah, worked great. Exactly. And he used that for years, and, and he's been able to do a lot of neat stuff with that, too, keep stuff going, start seeds in there, get plants going early. And he's a he's a market gardener, so he likes to grow a lot of things in there to take to the, mm-hmm. take to the market. So, yeah, having a greenhouse is great. Well, and the other thing, too, I'm thinking about with a greenhouse or even these little, I'm going to say it wrong again, cloches, um, is when you're saving seeds or, you know, pest prevention, it stops cross-pollination, it keeps pests away, you know, all those, just lots of reasons besides greenhouse extension, besides extending the season. Yeah, you protect so. them from harsh weather or, yeah, anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We got a hailstorm, you know, in July and wipe right. out a garden. But if they're in, a, you know, in something, under something like that, it can it can save your plants. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Okay, so, yeah. I very... think I put this one on here. I think some people <laughs> yeah. might think this is weird. But um, we, I am a huge barefoot. I'm like, I never have shoes on. And we also live on a small lake, so an outdoor shower, and it doesn't have to be like weird or anything, but um, I was actually more looking at for myself, foot washing stations, mm-hmm. like where to, to wash your feet off and keep them clean before you get back in the house. Um, but it can even be just to rinse off if you're out in the garden and you're like all dirty, you know, sky or you have a child or a pet. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a link here with a bunch of really cool foot washing stations and um outdoor shower ideas nice yeah when you know i hadn't even been something i thought about building on this property but i know when you're uh i went down to florida for vacation to the beach uh, a few months yeah. ago and you know down there it's like you walk off that beach and you need to wash all the sand off and everything so they're at, the, at every entrance to the beach they have these basically foot right. washing stations or even showers in a lot of the locations there, we can kind of spray down, get the sand off of you and whatnot. And super helpful. So you can imagine, yeah, if you're out there barefoot, whatever in your garden working and stuff. Yeah. Super helpful. I think it'd be yeah, great. It's another one of those keep the dirt outside things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Keep your garden in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> but that goes well with the next thing we put on here, which is something I put on, which was solar water heater. You could actually tie that in with an outdoor shower yeah, and could. have a heated shower, which would be really neat. Um, I hadn't thought a lot about solar water heater too much. I mean, I thought about it a few times, but I thought, ah, it's not something I really need. But I actually heard somebody talking about it on a podcast recently, and they were talking about their setup. It was actually Nicole Sauce. I don't even know. Okay. I heard her talking about it on a podcast, and she's got a setup, I guess. And it ties into a water heater. So it's almost like a solar water heater assist, you know, because okay. it heats it. And then she's got like a, um, I guess, a, a Wall, one of them wall water heaters, you know, the tankless water right. heaters, and it would basically take it up to the rest of the temperature, whatever it didn't do. Okay, so it would take it sense. there and it would just kind of top it off and make sure it got there. And I was like, that's just genius. I love that idea. And that it sounded like it was simply super easy to build. And, you know, wintertime, I don't think it would work too well in Indiana. Um, <laughs> right. But, you know, all summer long, you could save a lot of money because heating water is a big expense for sure. Yeah, it is. And, um, also, it could just be all your source of water heat, too, if you did build a big enough system and had it set up right or tied it into, a, like you said, an outdoor shower or, you know, something like that. Um, I actually think it'd be a pretty neat build for a for a homestead. And it doesn't yeah, look that difficult. I, look, I, surely, I put some plans in here for, for that that I found and looks super simple. The one using um, like PEX uh, hose looked really easy. Uh, I think a better way to build it is probably out of like the copper tubing. Uh, probably probably hold up a little bit better but a cheaper way to do it is with the pecs the pecs yeah yeah and and you could definitely build one easy with that and, and if you used like, like really well. outside if you put this with your outside short shower and used gravity yeah yeah if you mounted it on a roof or something really yeah. like i was sitting here i had the i kind of feel like my barn is my 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 testing area for some things like this you know like i could put it on the roof of the barn and you know we have a bathroom in this barn so we like have hot water run and, and we have a tankless water heater in here but i could just bypass that and run you know and just use that in the winter time and run the uh run well you're gonna have to give us another video then, i'm like see? you know what i'm thinking this could be doable i could see doing this out here and I, what, before i may ever move it into a house or something but definitely out here in the barn definitely be a something i could build right so, yeah this is yeah. cool. I think it's also good. Like all of these work well for some of these work really well for even like vacant, 
if you have a spot where you go camping and fake or fake yeah, land or whatever, yeah. Off grid area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we kind of touched on this next one a little bit already, the outdoor fireplace. Yeah, we did. We kind of skipped over with the outdoor kitchen, but it does tie in with the outdoor kitchen. But having, Mm -hmm. you know, ways to cook those things, like we said, rocket stove and pizza ovens and bread ovens and earthen ovens of any kind or whatever. And there's some just tons. Three of these videos are uh, Jess Townsend and Sons. If you guys do not follow Jess Townsend and Sons on YouTube, you should. Um but he has made several different earthen ovens that they have made bread in. And he's like a, I don't know, 16, 1700s is kind of the era, I believe. That, they do this. Yeah, yeah they do era, cooking yeah. and they've made carved out canoes and they've made, they do, they've done a few hunting videos and um, made a cabin and it's just really cool. And, the one I really want to do is he has one in here that you use kitty litter and sand. Mm-hmm. It's just super simple. The clay is the kitty litter and um, you mix it together with the sand and you make this little earthen oven and it takes like two days and then, and then you're cooking in it. And I just, I love the and idea. A lot of these projects can be, they can be pretty complex or they can be super simple. Like you can make yeah. a rocket stove out of some bricks, you know, you, you stack yep. them and make it kind of temporary and make it work. Or you can make something more yeah. permanent that's going to hold up for years and, you know, just be yep. in a permanent place that you can use all the time. And so it's like, you can do different things or you can build. Like and they a can temporary... be absolutely beautiful or they can be totally yeah. just functional. You can throw together so. a little temporary fire pit by stacking some rocks around in a circle and having a fire yep. pit or you can make an outdoor fireplace you know and actually yeah. make something real yep. elaborate i mean you can simple as com- or as complex as you want it to be really yeah um, when we I, did our maple syrup we used a thrown together nothing special nothing beautiful racket stove to boil down the sap yeah and, and um you know done. you can see yeah. the pictures in the patreon episode but there was nothing pretty about it but it was functional yeah yeah it works yep. you know but if you want if you're wanting to build something really nice and permanent on your property, you can, there's some plans out yep. there for some really nice stuff. Yeah, there is. Oh, we didn't even mention solar ovens. You put solar ovens in that list too. Of other I really, that I think sounds really fun. Where did I put that? Where is it? It's, un, is it it's under, under the, the cooking. Okay. Yeah. Fireplace. Yeah. I have a friend that actually, um, I think she listens to this podcast, but, um, she does a lot of solar oven cooking and they're, they go off grid a lot in their camper. Actually, Dude. so Dave and Sonia. Okay, we yeah, we're on, on the podcast yep, in yeah. that episode, and she uses the solar oven a lot to cook. And yeah, I guess I never thought they worked that well until I actually saw it in person once. When is they, it one they've they were, made or is it one they purchased? They one purchased one. Okay, yeah, there's some nice them. ones that you can purchase that work really, really well. Yep, you can make them though, and um, yep. I just never thought of them as. I thought, oh yeah, you can take what two days to cook your. Thing. No, no, they man. actually can get quite hot. Throw a whole turkey so. chicken in there and cook it up for dinner. Yeah. 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 So I think that's just really great, especially I'm thinking to myself in the summer when I don't want to heat up the house. Just, I mean, that's why yeah. I like this whole outside thing is because yeah. you're paying all that money to cool your house and then you're what, turning your oven on and heating the house up? Yeah. I just like yeah. the idea of. Oh, so. yeah. And it's great. Plus, you're just saving resources. I mean, if your oven right. in the house is running on electric or gas or whatever it's running on, I mean, it's just stuff you're using, but sun comes free. I mean. Yes, it does. Yeah. Some, some days. <laughs> Most days. Well, up here, we haven't seen it in a really long time. During the summer, you get you get a lot. Right. You yeah. get, you'll be able yeah. to use a lot of this stuff through the summer months and, and really get a lot of benefit from them for sure. So, yeah, definitely outdoor uh, fireplace, cooking space in that realm as, as well. Uh, now, the I next put- one. I have some of these built. You, I do not. Do yeah, not. a compost bin. Yeah. I really like this one because um, it's it's just it's really simple. The sides come on and off as you add to it, and then it also has um, like a covering that you can put on it to keep the rain from washing out the. Again, this can be super simple simple, or it can be complex. You can get like some pallets and make like a three bay composting system, or you can, you can actually get some nice lumber and make something you can remove the boards and do it that way. You can, you can do it a lot of different ways. I've got several different setups here. I mean, I have a pallet one. I have some store-bought compost bins. I literally have, I started back in the fall. I just started a pile. Like I have a pile back here in the corner of my property that I started as the compost pile that I really should surround with something but i didn't i just kind of started piling stuff up because i had a lot and all my bins were full and i'm like this looks like a good spot let's just start another pile you know um yep. but yeah mine's just be a, a hay bale one 
Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> do that to just contain and... it with something. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah. That's an easy build. It's an easy build, but it's something that, you know, so uh, useful. Very useful. Yeah. Get you a compost bin started. And then planters is the next thing we're talking about. I and... was, yeah. When I put this in here, I was thinking more of like our very small, like we, we both have small properties, but some people mm -hmm. have literally like a few square feet of grass, but they do have a patio. Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, you can make some really pretty planters. Um, some of these are like three tiered that you could put herbs and stuff in. Yeah. Um, some of them are the are the really in style right now, this whole concrete look, and it shows you how to make concrete ones. Mm -hmm. Um, but you could put these literally on a porch or a balcony and have a little tiny homestead right there in the urban city or something yeah i need to add the, a link to the one i've got in here with of a, of a planter bed with a trellis because i did that i built two of those and they're uh they just have a little you know box of basically a raised bed at the bottom um that's just built maybe 10 12 inches tall and then i've got i actually got the uh, lattice and i got squared off the back with two by fours and put lat uh, uh yeah, lattice up the back and i'm actually i grow every year i grow uh green beans up that or cucumbers oh, nice. I, i've done both i've done green beans and cucumbers but they're great for that this little boxes at yeah, the bottom you that. yeah i have a i'll put the link in there for the one i built i see you also have another link in here for one also it might be similar i don't know i have to look at that yeah the next thing you added was a rain chain i had never thought about that yeah so when you get like these i'm saying downpours it's nice yeah. to slow that water down and not have it just dump off your roof which is kind of tied to another thing that you added which is rain barrels later but the rain chain it can just slow it down and then a lot of people here because this is michigan i'm sorry if you're listening in arizona but you do still get i mean when you guys get rain out there you get a, an event yeah um but it just slows it down a little bit and and then we try to take it away from the house with the basement yeah. and that kind of stuff but they're just kind of they're pretty and fun and but yet functional because you do not want all that water right up next to your foundation. Right. So just in, this is in yeah. lieu of gutters or is in combination with gutters that you're thinking about? In, having um, it can be both. It can yeah. be in lieu of them or it can be in combination because your gutters can have funnel it to one spot and then have it. But it is funny how water will basically walk down a chain. Yeah. Isn't it's it? Really I mean, pretty. I've seen it done some too. Some of them it's kind are of, just kind of mesmerizing. Yeah. It'll follow the chain. It'll just kind of cling to it almost and kind of just walk right away with it. It's, it is pretty yeah. neat. I've seen it. And uh, yeah, it's not a bad idea, especially if you don't have gutters that are taking it away. Yeah. Have right, maybe some right. chains up or something and walk it where you want it. It does work. And then we've talked a lot about these, this next one several times on different episodes, but it's something that I feel like is really worth having on your property. Um, now the one I, there's one I don't have on here yet, but I want to build some and put them on my property, some bat houses, but bird, yeah. bat, and bee houses, I yep. think are great additions to your property uh, for yeah, a lot I, of reasons for pollination and for just predators to come in to eat right. bad bugs and, you know, just, and just to see nature too. It's just great to have it in your yard. Yeah. I think, um, you know, if you're homeschooling or you have grandkids or little kids too, it's what a great way to study nature if you bring nature right to your backyard and the kids yeah. can watch that and learn to identify oh that's a bluebird that's a chickadee that's a wren um it's just really cool plus it's great for your backyard and these are ones i feel like you could almost do most of these for free if you got pallet wood yeah you could use some cheap scrap lumber or pallet wood or whatever yeah and like the bee houses like we built some uh like the little bee houses with the um, little tubes in them yeah. Yeah. And you can just go get like some reeds or whatever and different size ones and stick in a little box. Those basically. are like the native bees. Too. Yep, for yeah. For the native bees, which are great pollinator bees. And uh, so, yeah, bring them into your property for pollination. Bring them into your property as predators to to get rid of bad pests. And, yeah. Uh, and bring them in just to enjoy them. And, and bat houses, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but you can buy them or you can build them. But yeah, building them doesn't look very difficult. So build some. I think I need to add uh definitely need to build some and and put all over the property i'd like to oh, have they're some. huge at eating like mosquitoes and we stuff have a lot of bats them. around here like i see them in the evening in the summertime especially they're just swooping down everywhere around here we they get them eating bugs over the lake a lot yeah. yeah yeah well and here's the deal a lot of these things too are maybe possibly little um 
side hustles for making some of these yeah, little you could sell them yeah yeah not just the birdhouses but even like you know so a lot of this is diy stuff so some of a lot of the stuff you could even sell possibly as a little side hustle so, yeah absolutely and then the next one you did i don't have any experience with this and it can be a little complicated so i thought maybe well, I added a link to as far as adding rain barrels and whatnot, rain catchment. It's really not that complicated. It's having a container that catches rain. Um, it's just how you get it there. <laughs> it's right. nice if you can set it uh, off of a roof and collect it in mass. It's really nice. Uh, get it off of a downspout. And there's different. I actually put a link in in the show notes for uh, actually a podcast episode that I did a long time ago. But there's a lot of. Uh, links in there for like the pieces and parts because there's diverters that will like first called like a first flush diverter that'll get rid of the leaves and the junk first and then it'll switch over and put the cleaner water into your tank um there's just different things you can add to it to make it better or right. you can just basically catch water <laughs> i mean right. i've set trash cans out and let them fill with rainwater before and it it works, you know, and, and you can dip that out and pour it on your garden, or you can have setups where hoses hooked to it and you can gravity, you know, use a, a hose to your garden from, and I do want to add more. We have some here. Um, I have a, an IBC tote, so that's 200 and I think 75 gallon one off my barn roof. I could add a lot more to my barn roof. I have a 55 gallon off my house roof that I catch also. And then we also have the pond, which we can talk about later for water catchment. But there's other places I can get water from as right. well. But I could, I think I could add, I would like to have thousands of gallons of rain catchment on my property, actually. Especially this, this last year. Like I really woke up to it last year because we had that drought. Yes. And I ran out within we just ran a few out. Days. Uh, one of our ponds dried up and that's what we were watering trees yeah. from. And so I would really like to do some water catchment at our property. Like, okay. Yeah. A lot. And, and people get concerned, like if you have a, an asphalt roofing and things like that. And, right. You know, but that water's running off of your roof anyway and going to the ground. True. True. So, you know, catch, divert it, you know, catch, catch, do a first flush divert, get most of the big stuff off and then catch the rest and use it. I mean, you could filter it if you wanted, but that water's going to the ground regardless. And so true. it's, it's still ending up in your soil. So to say it's not, you know, can't use that water is, doesn't make a lot of sense if if you know now my barn roof is metal roof so that's even ideal that's ideal really yeah um if you got that but i i'm not even against using an asphalt roof uh the water off of that now if you have a really old one and you're seeing just tons of it coming off now you got a different issue there but you know it, it's pretty durable and it holds up pretty good i don't see i have the one on my house and i i see very little uh residue from that roof ever end up in that i mean i don't really notice any okay it's not that old of a roof. We had to put on a few years ago, so it's not that old. But, right. you know, I don't know if it got older. You might notice chunks, little pieces of it showing up in there. But uh, not a big deal to me anyway. Right. But yeah, it's it's it can be as simple as just catching water. <laughs> you could set, like I said, set a barrel out and let it fill up with water or just get it under your downspout, you know, and you're yeah. going to collect tons of it. And you can just use, you know, just grab containers to take it to your garden if you have to. Um, it can be that simple. But it's a good thing to add to your to your backyard for your garden. I mean, I like I said, a good drought year will, will really open your eyes oh, up to the importance yeah. of having that. Last year, I think yeah. a lot of places had droughts. And I knew it was important, but I didn't have near enough. And it's definitely something that we need to. Yeah. Uh, we build never on. dreamed that whole pond would dry up. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I I mean IBC totes work really really good. You know they got like they're like two seventy five. Some of them's three hundred gallon. You can stack those. I mean you can build some pretty nice systems out of those. They're just not really right. pretty, you know. But you can wrap no, they're them. Not. In, you, can you can wrap them in wood somehow, or whatever. Yeah, yeah you can do different somehow things. make them look nice somehow. Yeah. Uh, or you can just you can buy the the really big barrels. You know the big actual water collection. I mean some of them things are thousand fifteen hundred or more gallons. You know I've seen them huge uh, set of take up a lot of space but you'll have a lot of water <laughs> with those <laughs> for sure so yeah well this so next one i think system. you um nope you added it did i yeah okay wicking beds <laughs> did i I, add the, this? I think i added the link though <laughs> i was gonna say you may have added the link but um like you have some experience with wicking beds i have been interested in them 
I, but I have not don't made one. Have it's kind of further of down on with them. Yeah. Um, I made a little temporary. I made them out of like some used them in like I made some wicking pots before. Okay, but I have friends no. that do this a lot, especially yeah, in dry some, climates. I've seen some pretty nice setups with wicking. Yeah, that work they're pretty really cool. really good. I've seen people even tie them into aquaponics systems and hydroponic systems, um, and use them in combination with that. Uh, that works really, really good. But I put a link in for a simple construction one. There's tons of different designs out there. Um, yeah, a, a, a nice Google search will do you well on looking for some good plans for wicking beds. There are a lot of different ways to set them up. There's so like many I said, they can be really small and you can even do like the ones for pots and make mm -hmm. wicking pots. Or you can like make full-size raised beds that are wicking beds um, that are really, really nice. And they save a lot of water. They uh, they are really drought resistant yes and they're set up right which is a big plus in certain areas uh so there's some benefits to having wicking beds if there's something you want in your property and i've thought about putting them in at times and after last year it, it became a bigger consideration know. again that that drought woke me up to a lot of realities realities that a lot of people already face have always faced in other parts of the country right. that i just never had to deal with because here rain just falls from the sky and soil is just naturally good for planting in i mean there's just things we don't have to do that other people have to do you know so but yeah it now becomes something that's on my radar <laughs> yeah and the next good. thing we talked a little bit about already in, in outdoor cooking spaces but this is probably more for in a space to enjoy i think yeah yeah fire pits yeah we talked about it but they're just nice to enjoy set around the fire have company over, show them your gardens. We spend a lot of time. We have a camper at a campground that we leave at a campground. So right. that is our pastime there. You know, we go out there and we sit around the fire. <laughs> and so we do it I there just, a lot. It's probably not something you do much if you live in like Arizona or something. But here right. it's kind of a big pastime to sit around the yeah. fire. And um, we cook a lot over the fire. And, um, and I think... You know, if you kind of live in your backyard and you're trying to create this little oasis, it's just nice to have it look pretty, too. It is. Yeah. So, I got a little fire yeah. pit right about, I don't know, maybe 12 feet away from my little backyard pond, which we'll talk about here in a minute is one of my things I added. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a nice, you can sit out there and launch here and a nice warm night next to my mm -hmm. little backyard pond and hear the water run down my little, I got a little river set up on that and you hear it flowing and then... You know, I'm sitting there around a fire cooking or reading my Kindle or whatever, just kick back and relaxing. Yeah. And it's nice. It's really nice to have that in the backyard. Yeah. Nice and some space. of these even have like benches built in and, um, yeah. you know, some of them are wood, some of them are stone. So you know, Rachel, I think we really, sometimes we get so, we get so focused on the function of our property and the output that we tend to forget that that's another really important aspect of our homestead is a place to relax yeah. and let some stress off and just kind of enjoy, you know, and having sitting places and a fireplace, a fire pit and whatnot. These are just places you can sit and enjoy your homestead. And I think we need to put more importance on that sometimes because you can eat right all day long, but if you're stressed out, you're still unhealthy. Right. <laughs> no, right. I mean, well, and it just takes care of that. Um, I, I'm not a great blogger yet, but it just takes care of that zone zero zero, which I've done a yes, blog post yes, on. And one of them was talking about <laughs> the infrared from fire. And yeah, it's just so relaxing. And I do, we do need to take care of ourselves, our zone zero zero. Um, yeah. We and do. you, I, you kind of turned me onto that from, from Ben Falk. So. Yeah. I heard that phrase one time. He called it, you know, yeah. zone zero being your, your living space, your house or whatever. And he says, but zone zero zero, he's talking about self-care. And I'm That's like, you. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's exactly what that is. That's nothing. Yeah, and it's family care too. And friend yeah. care. I mean, you can have family and yeah. friends over and sit it's around a fire really and laugh and yeah. I mean, it's the thing you, you can be so focused on the production of your homestead but if you don't just sit back and enjoy it sometimes, you're going to get burnt out. It's oh, nice yeah. just to take a walk around your homestead or just sit and watch the things, you know, watch the birds and the, you know, whatever yeah. flying around and what, just watch your homestead or take a walk. Watch what you've it. created. And yeah. yeah. It's enjoyable. And it, it will, when, when the stress of the work wears you down, that can carry you through is just having a place you can enjoy. So it's important. And a little, um, you guys won't hear it yet, but what's coming out is an interview that I did with a young couple. And, um, one of the things, one of the phrases he used a few times in it was 
they're designing a lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that's what this is about. We're trying to design a lifestyle as homesteaders, not only that where we provide for ourselves and create the self-sustainable lifestyle, but also a lifestyle that we don't need a vacation from. We're trying to design an enjoyable life that's healthy and fulfilling too. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we went from uh, relaxing and enjoying to something a little more high tech and a little more intense. And that's an aquaponic system. Um, I love having an aquaponic system. I've had one for years. I've had a couple of them for years. Having one outside, a chop and flip is an easy design to build. I mean, to take an IBC tote and what they call a chop and chop and flip design. I got a blog post in here of the one I built and it's still out here and still working and it's still part of my homestead. And, and I, you know, there's just something about, it's like a big science project. It's fun. And sometimes when nothing else is growing, stuff will grow in there. Um, drought doesn't bother an aquaponic system because <laughs> you got water flow all the time. They actually use a lot less water, even though they're running on water, they use less water because the only way it's really getting used is just what they're, the uptake and the, and what's uh, evaporating. Um, it's not soaking into the ground, but I like having an aquaponic system, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I, I think it's a fun build. And if it's something that you're even remotely interested in, put one of those in your backyard. It's a pretty fun little project for that sure. Sounds, I've wanted to do that. I have actually, my daughter has a couple of, uh, goldfish that she's been wanting to well, get rid of. So maybe this, one of these projects will help that. What I've discovered is even if you don't want to use it for growing your food, yeah, it's fantastic for propagating cuttings. Yeah, you were showing that. For nothing else than that, propagate cuttings with it. Because I have just come to discover that, man, nothing will root your cuttings faster than sticking them in an aquaponic system. I mean, I've just had the best luck with that. So, I mean, honestly, that's what mine is pretty much being used for now. I'm not even growing food in it. I mean, I might grow more food in it in the summer months, but right now it's just cuttings, rooting cuttings, and it's working great. So, yeah, it's worth having mm-hmm. just for that because the money that can save you is crazy. Uh, right. Just rooting cuttings because buying plants is buying buying trees and bushes and all that stuff is a is a high cost. So if you can root your own cuttings and pop them in the soil, hey, that right, right there pays for the aquaponic system. It's worth having just for that. Something else I added a few years ago that I can't imagine not having is a backyard pond. I love my little backyard pond. It's a great little homestead project. And not just because of the aesthetics of it. It is enjoyable. It is something just just neat to sit by and watch. And we've had many hours around that pond. My, my grandkids love it. Um, but also, it, it has some homestead benefits. It can do a lot of things. I mean, it brings in some beneficial predators. Yeah. I mean, you get toads and frogs and snakes and things like that will come in around a pond. Um, it actually will you know, bring in other kinds of wildlife, too. So you got to watch that. Uh, but you, it, it actually works as a, a heat sink. It acts as a water reserve for, for spare water if you need it. I mean, it just does a lot of things. There's things you can grow around a pond that, and even in a pond that you, you know, you, that mm. won't grow anywhere else. So, I mean, it can be used as a tool, uh, you know, to function stack on your homestead also. And so it's just, it's worth having, even if it's just a small one, you know, mine's a small backyard pond. It's one of these little decorative hobby ponds, but I love it. You know, we love having yeah. it. You know, we put the little bridge over it and, and people who followed me. From so yours is a little bit bigger than too. Well, it's not that big. I just kind of designed it. I actually made a river that runs to it also in the pump. I actually, know I've seen it. It's so yeah, pretty. Your backyard is just back. so beautiful. It's not that big, but it's just the way it's designed. It's enjoyable. You know, it's, um, right. I don't even know. I think my aquaponic system in my greenhouse probably holds more water than that pond does. Honestly. Okay. Do you have any but, fish in your pond? Yeah, there's goldfish okay. in there. And there's frogs just end up in there. Like we're in yeah. the city, but frogs end up in there and they find a way. They find might a end way. up in there and other, you know, you might see some, depending where you live, you'll see some lizards or whatever. You'll see some different things in there um, that'll just show up, you know, and it's just, it just becomes a nice little space, you know? Yeah. We don't and have I've, one because we have our natural. You water, have so, lived next yeah. to a pond. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. yeah, you have that. But I mean, if you don't have that, put in a little backyard pond. They're nice to have. They're just great to have in. You know, and, and they're just nice to look at and enjoy. And again, work on that, work on that zone zero, well, and zero, you can right? Grow, you can grow food in your pond. You I absolutely mean, can. Yeah. Yeah. You so. sure can. Crest and things like that. You could, like my little river system and work great for that, you know. And um, I actually have trouble yeah. finding edible things. 
Well, like, I looked for like some water. I wanted to do water chestnut one time and I couldn't okay. find it. Like I, I looked for it and I couldn't even find it. Like oh. I'm on look again. That was a few years ago. I'd like to look yeah. again because I'd like to have that in like aquaponic systems and, and, and ponds and things. Cause they, you know, I mean, I hear so many good things about the uh, production of water chestnut. Uh, like it right. really is really prolific. Um, so I'd love to have it, but it's actually hard to get started with. It seems like I, uh, as, as if anybody knows, you know, where I can get that. Yeah. Turn me on to it because yeah. I'd love to have some. I don't know if duckweed move, grows in a movable pond, but duckweed is yeah, really kind stagnant. We get it in our stagnant pond, but it's actually a really good food for animals. So. Yes. Yes. You can yeah. grow stuff like that as well. If in a pond that wasn't flowing, mine's flowing. Right. Yeah. Like yours is flowing. Water. Yeah. But that's what that watercress and stuff likes that that moving Flowing water. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. And then we have one more thing on here that I just added uh, last night: uh, potting bench. Yeah, I don't know how I missed and, that. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't thinking about it because I have one in the greenhouse. Kind of, I have an area there where I pot things up and stuff. But yeah, if you don't have a place, man, it's just nice to have a place outside where you can just pot things up or put your, you know, get your seed started and or pot up plants or whatever. It's just nice to have a pot, a potting bench outside. It keeps the dirt outside, of course. You know, you, I mean, there was years there where I did this kind of stuff at the kitchen table with a lot of dirty looks. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> dirt I do everywhere, right now. seeding things. Yeah, I do all of that. I, I still do that sometimes when it's too cold outside to go out and do anything else. So we'll do it there, early spring projects and stuff. But it's nice to have a potting bench. It's nice to just get outside. And, and you might want that in the shade so you're not standing in the sun doing all this stuff. And just design it, put it in the right place and design it in a way. You can have it be a place where you keep a little few of your tools and keep a few of your supplies. I've seen some right. really elaborate. I've seen some that were just nothing but a flat bench. And then I've seen yeah. some. That are pretty that, elaborate. Yeah, yeah, they have like the, the cabinets and you know have the space underneath to store the stuff. And yeah, really nice ones. You can see some really nice setups. So. Again, I put a link in the show notes for this as well that has a few designs, but you can, Google can be your friend there too, and Pinterest as well, and you can find mm-hmm. some really, really neat ideas for building some some nice potting benches. Yeah, and a lot of these have like, I mean, some of the link, I tried to find links that actually had like plans in them, so. Yeah, I was looking for plans or yeah. some really nice pictures of stuff too. Yeah. 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 So you'll it's see. It's always nice like. to have plans sometimes, especially if you're a little bit like me and not as gifted um, with the building. I, I tend to My look less at the actual plan and more up. at the picture because I will, yeah. I will, I will change plans. You know, it's like, I'll look at a picture right. and go, okay, I like that, but I wish it had this. So I, so I look at, I can yeah. build things from a picture. But you're well. a little bit, you're better yeah, at I'm a builder. I just look at yeah. things and yeah. I get ideas. My husband can do that. He'll just yeah. think it up and build it and it'll all, all the corners will meet. But if I do that, the corners won't meet. <laughs> I do like having a picture for an idea though, and just kind of get an idea of yes. what I'm thinking about yeah. and take me down a path and then I'll build something pretty nice. But yeah, there now folks, you will want to go to the show notes on this today. Cause they're all, we got links oh under every one of these. Yes. There's tons of links in, in this one. So there'll be a link there that you can click over to. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are just, there's more obviously things, but these were 21 supposed to have been 12 to start yeah. with, but turned into 21 um, ideas basically of things you can build beneficial projects for your backyard. All of these things have benefits. Some of these things have multiple benefits. Some of these things yep. are, you know, you could function stack these things. Um, but all these things can be a great addition to your homestead for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree. And now I have to go build a few of them. So I know this is kind of, <laughs> this is like, I, I need to decide which one's first, but um, you and I have a, both have, we, we both have a lot of these already, but there's definitely yeah. the solar dehydrator is definitely top on my list this year. I got to have one. Um, I'm just dehydrating way too much now to not have one. It's just, it's the next thing I'm building on this property. <laughs> I just but, want to, um, yeah. And now is the perfect time for us anyways. So in some places, you know, there might be still gardening season or a yeah. better gardening season for other people, but in our off season is, as when we kind of start thinking about stuff like this. And yeah, definitely. It. Yeah. Solar hydrator for me, uh, definitely uh, adding uh, more water uh, collection yeah. this year. I like water. the idea of the drying racks you're talking about too. I might have to look into that. Yeah. And for me, it's the water, the project. Yeah. water um, compost bin and a hundred percent. I'm going to be doing bird, bat and bee houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I already have. But I really do want to do the outdoor kitchen thing, especially at our property. Um, I didn't go out there to 
spend my whole time inside cooking something. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. An outdoor kitchen's great. Outdoor cooking area is great. And like I said, we, we do a lot of cooking outside. Um, mm-hmm. if we're not at the campground, we're here and we got a gazebo out there with a roof over it. So we got our grill there. We got, you know, a place we can wash things off out there. Got a table out there. I do a lot of canning out there. Like I'll bring out the canning equipment and do it outside. Even if I'm using my like electric canner, I'll bring it outside right. and 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 set it on that table out there and let it do, do it out there. I set the dehydrator out there. I mean, I just do a lot of stuff outside. Yeah, that would be so nice. We don't do much yeah. outside because we don't have a spot for it. Yeah, if you got a roof so, over you, it's nice. Yeah, no roofs really nice. over us here. So yeah, we got to yeah. fix that. I got to fix that. It's a nice thing to have. So, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, like I said, maybe this gave you some ideas. Maybe it just added to your to-do list and you're mad at us now. I don't know, but uh, there you have it. Some, uh, some great projects to build uh, coming up on the warmer months. After you get that garden in get it going, then you get that little bit of a break while you're waiting for things to grow. You can get, you can get started on some of these projects that you really want in your backyard. I don't know. That's what I'll be yeah. doing. Yeah. So, same. Anything else, Rachel? I think that's it. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, happy homesteading. God bless. And grow where you're planted. Looking around, I find the sea. I think I need a change. The rat race, I wanna flee. My world, I'll rearrange. I'm getting back to the roots of how it's meant to be. Growing gardens, picking fruit, racing livestock, living free. Like grandma did Sitting on her front porch Hunting and fishing Like a kid Once you've done all of your chores It's a Today